the last couple of weeks we began a series on the 12 points that prove Christianity to be true. First question, or the first premise, is the fact that truth exists is knowable, or the fact that truth is knowable. The second one is that the opposite of true is false. This week we're going to tackle one of the most fundamental issues of our day, the question of God's existence. My name is Rob Lundberg, and you're listening to the Let's Get Real podcast. Hey, thanks for listening today. Again, my name is Rob Lundberg, and you're listening to the Let's Get Real podcast with Rob Lundberg. You know, if we go and we look around us, I think, you know, if we look to the universe, we can see that there is a beginning because of the Hubble telescope. If we look at the design around us, we can see that there's a grand designer behind everything. And of course, we have uh, a moral law, the fact that you have to have a moral law giver. And also, you have the fact that everything exists and anything that exists, exists, has, it has its cause from outside of itself. Now, I want to break this down in, in our show today because this is going to be the, probably the most fundamental, fundamental uh, premise as far as in our argument, as far as the, the first three or four premises. You know, remember we talked about the fact that truth is knowable, the opposite of true is false. And it is true, premise number three, it is true that the theistic God exists. Now, this is not going to argue the difference between, say, like the Jewish God Yahweh or the Christian God Yahweh. Uh, it's not going to argue for the deity of Christ. That's later on in the argument. And then it's not going to argue the whole idea of, of Islam as far as, you know, the three great, quantitatively speaking, not qualitatively speaking, monotheistic religions. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to separate those three monotheistic religions from the pack because uh, you probably have heard some of our shows in the past we've dealt with the whole question, do all the religions say the same thing or all the gods the same god? And they're not. They're not. And in fact, you know, if you look at observing physical reality, I think you and I can reason from effect to cause. Now, there's a, a methodology out there that argues from cause to effect. That's known as presuppositionalist. I am not a presuppositionalist, okay? So what we're going to do is we're going to argue from effect to cause and see that even the most mundane object that you and I encounter can lead us to the existence of God. There is nowhere an unbeliever can hide in all of reality where he, can, where he is not standing on some ground that can be shown to point to its creator. Now, when uh, that, that is from Richard Howe in an article that he has on his blog. You can find it at um, richardghow.com. 
it, it's in the, the title of the article it's worse than I thought and it's quad quadabetal blog musings from anywhere by Richard G. Howe so you can go to his blog and you can find that quote but you know when you look at the arguments for the existence of God you know just think with me for a moment here you know we can look at the arguments for the existence of God and we can see the possibility that a theistic God exists and that's basically as far as I want to take that with this part until we get later on in the 12 points. Now when I talk about the cosmological argument I'm talking about an argument that um, is an argument from creation. When I talk about the design argument and I talk about an argument from objective morality those are the three arguments that I want to bring in here. So from the cosmological argument or the argument from creation to the design argument and to the argument from objective morality there are more and many popular lines of thinking both scientific, philosophical and all of them show that theism is true. That is that there exists a God who is separate from yet active in his creation. Now, I want to look at one argument by a 13th century thinker. And um, even though I am a Protestant, I am evangelical, I, am, uh, lean, I lean toward a Thomist approach uh, and that of uh, Thomas Aquinas. And I, I have to confess, I, I, I got that way from listening to uh, one of my mentors, Dr. Norman Noel Geisler, and my friend uh, Dr. Richard G. Howe uh, and some of the others uh, at Southern Evangelical Seminary. But I think as we look at this argument by Aquinas, this argument will be built upon a metaphysical realism that, that we have, have established, the fact that metaphysical realism is, is a truth. Now, the argument begins some thing like a tree, for example, undeniably exists. Essence is what a thing is and whatever is true of a tree is either because of its essence or some other reason. For instance, to be a tree is to grow roots, sprout leaves, and not to be in, particular, in a particular location and as such a, in a backyard. Now, we must ask, is existence part of what it means to be a tree? The answer to that is no. If all trees cease to exist, we would still know what a tree is because its essence and existence are distinct from one another. For example, you can know what a unicorn is the essence of a unicorn, as it were, even though it does not actually exist, from where then does existence come from? The tree either exists through itself by virtue of its essence, or it exists through another. In other words, it receives its existence, or, cause, or it can even one possibility, even though this is an impossibility, could cause itself to exist 
and why is this impo an impossibility? It's because this is a contradiction and it is thus the statement that you can't create yourself, a computer can't create itself, neither can a tree create itself. So it's ultimately false. Trees go from potentially existing into actually existing, or they can be turned into piles of sawdust or ash and thus cease to exist as trees. Hence, they do not exist by virtue of their essence as trees. Therefore, the tree must be receiving existence from another. Now, I was at a reason rally not too long ago, like a few years ago. Like, well, oh, gosh, it's probably a little longer than a few years ago. And one of the arguments that an atheist will give you is that if you ask the Christian today, and I'm speaking as a Christian, but the average Christian today, okay? And an atheist were to ask the average Christian today, how did that oak tree get there? What do you think the answer might be? Well, God put it that way. God put it there. God made it there. And the atheist's favorite argument, even though it's a weak one, is the fact that they would accuse you and I, if we were to come out and use that argument, is to say that that is what is called the God of the gaps fallacy. Now, I had a father and a son carrying a Clarksville atheist banner, and I brought this up to the dad in this, in this, and we were talking about his faith in science and all, and I like science, and I told him that. He agreed with me that science does not determine everything. But it was rather interesting, nevertheless, where he had faith in science, even though science does not prove anything. And when I told him that he had faith in science, he said, I don't have faith. I said, yeah, you do. I said, then I moved to the tree, because there's some beautiful trees along the mall in Washington, D.C. And I told him that you know, if I told you that God put that big oak tree over there, he'd tell me I'd committed God of the gaps fallacy. He looked at me with exuberance and he said, you're absolutely correct. But I told him, I said, he had faith in science and he hopes that science will answer his questions later on down the road. And he's got faith that, they, that science will. I told him he had faith in, he, had, he was committing science of the gaps. See, we have to be very, very, very careful. So, again... Whatever is causing the tree to exist is either receiving its existence from another or it necessarily exists. Now, with regards to necessary being, it's to say that that tree has always been. It is essentially eternal in its nature. And of course, you know, you have some people embracing a pantheistic New Age view that would go and say that that is the case, or somebody in the Hindu worldview that would say that would be the case. But then you have to deal with this whole idea of um, infinite chains. So like an infinite chain of moving train cars with no engine, a train of existence receiving causes cannot account for its own existence. Hence, there must exist an uncaused cause. 
causing all other things to exist. As being itself, its essence and existence are identical such that it is unlimited being, being while everything else only receives being. Now, what do I mean by this? You exist, and your existence was caused to exist by another. It's your parents, right? And their existence was caused to exist by another. And their existence was caused to exist. So you end up with what is called uh, an infinite regression of current causes of existence, and you never, ever, ever get to a starting point unless you get to the first parents. But who, what caused the first parents of Adam and Eve? Well, read the first chapter of Genesis. Read, gen, read the first three chapters of Genesis. And not only will you see the fact that God created you and I and created Adam and Eve and the, the, our first parents with intrinsic value. And God is the uncaused cause. Now, looking at the arguments, whatever exists was caused to exist by another. Therefore, whatever was caused to exist has a first cause or initial cause. Now, you can take that even out further with the universe. The universe, anything that, anything that begins to exist was caused to exist by something outside of itself. The universe had a beginning. Now, when the universe began, the universe is not spaceless, timeless. It's got stuff in it, so it's not totally immaterial. But it is finite. There has to be an infinite starting point beyond the universe, and this is what atheists reject. They reject the existence of God being that starter. You know, the Hubble telescope... You know, you can read this in the book, I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. And I may have that in a PDF. So if you're interested in that, I may throw that on the link for this one so that you can, um, so that you can download it and, and read it. And I would challenge you to do that. So look for that link on this podcast and pull that, pull that down and, 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 and read it, because this is like the first few chapters of, of that book. But there's a Catholic philosopher by the name of Ed Fazer, and Ed Fazer is just brilliant. You know, when, when, you, when you think of Fazer, um, he has a book called Aquinas, Beginner's Guide. It's in Kindle. And you can also go to his website at edfazer.com or look him up, Google him, and you'll be able to be able to pull that. Um, you'll be able to pull 
some information that he has. He notes the following. If essence and existence were not distinct, they would be identical, and they could be identical only in something whose essence is its very act of existing. Now, what does he mean by that? What he means by that, essence and existence are unidentical to one another in finite cause, in, in finite existences. And, you know, our existence is the fact that I exist. My non-existence is possible, but my essence is totally different from my existence, is what I'm saying. And you can apply that to yourself. You see the difference here. So when Phaser says if essence and existence were not distinct, they would be identical, and they could be identical only in something whose essence is the very act of existing. And what he means by that is that you only find one source of existence whose existence and essence are the same, and that is the, in the first cause we call God. Now, Phaser goes on to say, that is to say, something whose essence is the existence would depend on nothing else, God. And, and by the way, God does not depend on matter, right? For its existence, since it would just be existence, or in this case, being. So when we talk about God also, we talk about God being the first cause, but true ultimate being. You know, this is why he says in, to, in the Old Testament, and Jesus said it in John 8, 58, in, in John 8, 58, when he was challenged by the Pharisees, before Abraham was born, I am. On Mount Sinai, Moses asked God the question, who shall I say sent me? He said, I am who I am. Tell them I am is the one who sent you. True essence, true existence, true being. And there can only be one possibly, there can only possibly be one such thing. One such thing. For there would be no way in principle to distinguish more than one. As Thomas Aquinas says, quoted by Dr. Richard Howe, this everyone knows to be God. So our principle today is, or the key point that I want us to drive home in this step is this. Everything that exists either exists through itself, exists through another, or causes itself to exist. Self-causation is a contradiction. Physical reality can either exist 
or not exist and therefore does not exist through itself. Hence, there must be something who is existence itself creating and sustaining the existence of all other things. Whatever else we may conclude, at minimum, this is in part what you and I mean by God. Did you cause yourself to exist? No. You were caused to exist by somebody else, your parents, and they were. You cannot have an infinite regression of current causes of existence. Look around you. Everything you see is held together by subatomic forces, but everything that you see around you, making the shape and the colors and everything that you see around you, is held together, and those, all those things that are held together are called atoms. And if you go and you adjust any of the variable in that those subatomic numbers holding all those atoms together, that would not exist. And not only that, we would, you wouldn't be listening to me right now. So what we are dealing with here is the reality that truth today is knowable. The opposite of true is false. And number three, it is true that a theistic God exists because he is uncaused. You know, Richard Dawkins is really funny. I, I just thought of this. You know, if God, you say God made the universe, then what made God? Anybody that makes that claim is really asking a nonsensical question. And it's a reality that it is a question, so I, I get it. But it's, it's a categorical fallacy because when we talk about God, we're not talking about somebody who is caused. We're talking about somebody who is the first uncaused cause. And I think that's what we want to drive home along with the whole idea of existence an essence today because you and I have an, the fact that you and I exist but our essence is different from our existence and that is not the case with God you've been listening to Let's Get Real Podcast with Rob Lundberg thank you for checking us out today if you do have any questions about this please let me know you can email us at, at roblundberg315 at gmail.com this is uh, going to be a fun series. Again, truth is knowable. The opposite of true is false. And it is true that a theistic God exists. So as you go out this week, please listen around you to hear the voices, the Sitzenleben, the zeitgeist of our culture. And as you grow from these podcasts over the next few weeks, 
about making a case for why Christianity is true. This I hope, my prayer is that it will make you stronger in your faith, give you more confidence, and be willing to share some things. And hopefully it will cause you to study. Again, I will put the link for the PDF for I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. I think it's still on there. If not, I'll find a way to uh, get it to you. You may have to email me for it because I do have the PDF. So again, if you want that and you've listened to this all the way through, you'll get the email again. Email me at roblundberg315 at gmail.com and I'll be more than happy to shoot that over to you in a PDF. I do have it. I, I've just confirmed it. So um, you can also buy the book on Kindle, pretty cheap. You know, you can put it, there's nothing like a good book in the hand. And I, if I had a difference between digital and paper or a hard copy book, I, I would prefer the hard copy book. But we live in a digital age, so some people are, are uh, more amenable to digital. So nevertheless, it's in PDF, and I can get that to you. So until next week, this is Rob Lundberg for the Let's Get Real podcast with Rob Lundberg. Join us again as we take the next step. We're going to talk about miracles next week. Yes, people are going to get excited about miracles. We're going to define what a miracle is and what a miracle is not. And as we do this, please know that some of the things that we think are miracles, like passing a test without studying, isn't necessarily a miracle. So as you go out this week, go out, give them heaven, and Lord willing, we'll be back with you next week. God bless.